Welcome to The Truth in SR Beyond, and we are back in Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love. I am your host, Rob Lee. And today, I'm delighted to explore the intricate intersection of figure painting, interior design, illustration, and timeless artistic techniques with a remarkable artist. Drawing upon centuries-old oil painting methods, modern digital mediums, and her city's rich history of art and architecture, my guest's work masterfully captures character, emotion, texture, and realism in each piece. Please extend a warm welcome to the incredibly skilled and passionate Agnes Gumir. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for making the time. Um, we are here. This is this is kind of a little bit of a long time coming. I think when we, as you mentioned before we got started, um, we we talked briefly, you know, probably a few months ago at this point. And so now really being able to get to the actual conversation is uh, is very welcome. Yes, for sure. Long time coming. It's been great hearing the other podcasts and I'm looking forward to talking with you today. Yeah, thank you. Um so let's let's start off with some of somewhat of a the softball question. I like to frame it with a few more words. Um let's talk about um you know like a bit of your background. I want to give you the the space to share who you are, what your work is about and you know, that's another bullet point there, but I think at least starting off there is good because um, I think there's a lot of power in it. You know, like someone to say, this is what you do, but I'd rather hear it from the actual person of how they describe what they do and who they are and how they introduce themselves. So the floor is yours. For sure. So I'm an artist and interior designer based in Philadelphia. I uh, primarily work in oil paint and do figure paintings, portraits, illustration as well. And uh, I have a variety of uh, portraits in the works right now, so that's basically my focus. Um, I love figure painting and I love getting inspired by museums in Philly and elsewhere as well. Uh, and in terms of interior design, uh, I've always been really interested in architecture and I think that also kind of stems from being in Philadelphia and just observing the great buildings that we have here as well. Thank you. It's good. So you're making my job easy already. So shout out to you. <laughs> <laughs> Could you think back a little bit? Um, you know, what was one of those like super early, may not necessarily be formative, but if you have one that's formative, that's great as well. But some one of those like earlier moments where you recognized or even engaged with art or creativity, you know, did, did you sketch as a young person? Did you, you know, get really into archiving stuff? What was the thing for you? That was like all I did. That was all I did growing up. Um, so yeah, I've been drawing my whole life and I'd say probably the earliest memories that I have, uh, nothing, nothing specifically, but um, my dad is a painter as well, so I always saw him painting, and then I would just pick up a brush, basically, and go for it. So that's how I started, and then uh, I always was just creating in other mediums as well. So just just kind of going for it. <laughs> yeah, I keep doing it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's that's great. Um, mm -hmm. when, I, when I was younger, I was definitely in the sketching and drawing. I at one point in time, I, I could have been a comic book artist like that was the direction that I wanted to go into. And 
I didn't. I chose um, business with, you know, the nudging from family. There is no money in art. And, um, you know, thinking about it from this context of now being in my 30s and thinking about like, you know, like sort of the ideas of someone when they're young. It's like, you know, your shoes are really expensive because your feet are big. I'm really tall, right? So (laughs) you gotta do something that makes money. You gotta keep good feet, good good, good shoes on, you know? (laughs) Gotta have a balance, but I mean, there definitely, there definitely is money in art. It just sort of depends on how you uh, apply your skills. And I think there's always a way. Um, so I was like really fortunate to have a dad <laughs> who was doing art and same with my mom. Um, but yeah, I, I, I always I overhear the, the comic influences in the other interviews as well. So that's cool. Yeah, I try, I try to be consistent. No. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> It'd be it's great. Like, like I just make up a backstory that didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, sketching is so important. And I feel like even if I'm going through a time in my life where I'm maybe not painting quite as much or pursuing other projects, mm-hmm. I always have my sketchbook. And you kind of get to look back at your sketchbook later on and get inspired by everything that was on your mind. It's great. And it, it echoes the sentiment that I've heard from, you know, musicians. I've heard from mm-hmm. photographers. And did, did I even apply? It, it's a version of it. Like, whatever it is, the thing that you're doing. Like, if you're, you know, a trumpet player, you got your horn on you. Uh, if you're a camera, the best camera you have on you, is, the best camera you have is the one you have on you. And for mm-hmm. me, I guess, if I have a notepad on me, it's like I write down my questions, sketch, whatever. But it's something where I can kind of like capture, you know, that sort of creative burst right there. For sure. For sure. Yeah. You sometimes might not be able to like for me, I might not be able to paint the painting at the moment, uh, but it'll always be there in my sketchbook to go back to. It's really important. Yeah. I mean, I, I need I need to start thinking like. Because so when when you have your sketchbook, I, I got a second. I got a real question after this, mm-hmm. but I definitely want to ask you this. Mm-hmm. What do you like? Do you use pencil or are you a pen person? How do you? Oh, I do both. Uh, usually, I always have a pen on me, so it just sort of happens that that's the most convenient. Mm-hmm. But I love using pencil because it's more. Uh, you know, you can erase and you can create more nuanced shading and variations sometimes than you can with pen if I'm doing a quick sketch but yeah I always um I'm always just like grabbing my pen and drawing in my sketchbook whenever I have an idea we're gonna trade pen notes after this podcast even, even if I don't have an idea I still sometimes just feel like the urge to do something and get the ideas flowing it's good. Yeah. Talk talk to us a little bit um, about some of the the influences. I see, you know, the mm-hmm. history. I see like sort of centuries old art, um, oil paintings, and, and techniques that are applied, and even sort of more current and contemporary stuff with like digital mediums. Tell us about that, and and even you know, speak a bit more on the you know the Philadelphia art and architecture components that work their way into your work. For sure. So um, there's a lot, there's a lot of great art in Philly, and um, I just love, you know, observing oil paintings at 
Philadelphia Museum of Art. I, I don't really think I have an actual favorite necessarily, but um, just seeing how painters have uh, portrayed people throughout history is really interesting to me um, because a lot of it was done from life and now a lot of things are done from photos. And it's pretty inspiring to see all these paintings that were, um, you know, depicted from people just observing them in real life uh, and being able to capture the natural light and all the color variations and things like that. So um, I oftentimes will just go to the art museum to look around and get inspiration from that. Um, and digital mediums. So I have a background in interior design and with that, there's so many programs that come into play, whether it's Photoshop or um, 3D modeling programs as well. And so uh, sometimes I'll have a sketch that I've done and I'll overlay that with other elements in Photoshop yeah. and create sort of a, a layer, layered piece of both fine art and hand-drawn elements and digital. Like it, I like it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so talk about you know the you know there's just portraying people like yeah why why was that sort of something that really resonated with you that kind of like I want to do this something about capturing a person's essence and mm -hmm. the the emotion that's around maybe a person or what's like inside of the image like I, I'm not as articulate in saying it but I'll say this, that I'm currently in your site right now and I'm feeling <laughs> things right now as I'm looking at it. I was like, oh, so, you know, talk mm -hmm. about that and, you know, sort of like walk through the, walk, walk us through your process. Yeah. I feel like I've been, I've been doing portraits and drawings and paintings of people for so long that I sometimes don't even think about why I started, but you're, you're bringing up a good question because now I'm starting to think back to like when I was a kid, I was really interested in fashion illustration. And so I would basically just look at magazines and then uh, draw models and uh, understand anatomy through that. Now looking back, I know that everything's Photoshopped and none of it's real, um, <laughs> but it it got me started with figure drawing. And then I also um, just would need something to draw, and I would just look at a person and draw them, uh, whether they whether they knew it or not. But <laughs> yeah, so that's how I started, and now I just love to uh, be able to draw my friends or people who inspire me. Um, and I think like more, a little bit more recently throughout lockdown, since there weren't really, there weren't any other people around to draw, I just did a ton of self portraits. So when in doubt, I just draw like me yeah. or I draw my hand or my face and yeah. I like it. I That's like my that. default. <laughs> <laughs> so. And you kind of you kind of did walk us a little bit through through the process. So I guess I'll frame it differently. Mm -hmm. When you're when you're starting, let's say you you want to embark on a new a new piece, right? And you know what's what's sort of that that initial like ideation like that's there, and 
I know that folks that are painters or work in the sort of the visual realm, mm, they kind of are not done. They just kind of stop. They got to like, like, I'm finished with this right now. So what is that indicator for you that this is, we're good here? That something's done. Yeah. Yeah. That's always a challenge, I think, for anyone. Um, For me, I oftentimes will take a very long time to do a piece, especially because oil paint takes forever to dry. Mm -hmm. And it also is ideal for me to be working during the day when I have natural light in my studio. So there's certain windows, like ideal timeframes for me to paint. Uh, And then I think after a while, I just eventually realized, like, if I add another detail to this, it's going to make it worse. So I bring it to that point where I feel like, yeah, it's it's pretty good. And then I know that I'd rather, like, I'd rather leave something to the imagination or something for someone to desire more of rather than add too much detail to a point where it just feels like exhausted if that makes sense yeah it's like almost diminishing returns it's like i'm gonna put this in it's gonna take that time uh especially i I look back and you've probably heard this in maybe a previous interview where i had this this goal to do like a painting per month um Uh like maybe seven years ago at this point and the first one i started with i hadn't painted at that point for like maybe 15 years Mm-hmm. So I just dove back in. I was like, yeah, just buy canvas. I'm going to do that. I have some feelings to work <laughs> with. And the first thing I did was an oil painting, <laughs> which I hadn't touched. That's anything. a lot of pressure. Yeah. That, I, I mean, I, I appreciate the commitment, though. Like, that's, that's a challenge. I, I got through six. <laughs> did you, so did you oil paint before doing um, that? It had been a very, very long time. Yeah. Um, but... I will say out of the paintings that I did and four of them are actually I did seven, four of them are in my studio where I'm currently at. One is in my bedroom and one I gave to a friend. The other one is in like my living room. That's everyone can see. That's the old one. And that's my favorite one. It it looks the best out of all of them. The the first one or yeah. So I don't know, I guess not, you know, having that experience and just, you know, it's kind of the thing where, when someone that's creating something, they kind of have some idea of what they're doing, but they really don't know what they're doing. So they can kind of make their own rules as they go along. That's yeah. really what I'm thinking about with that painting. I just went, wanted to finish something. I wanted to create something at that point in time. Absolutely. I, I feel like um, it's important to approach painting with sort of just like, the freedom to paint whatever you're interested in and not necessarily feel like you need to make something look perfect um, and exactly the way that you have it in your head. Uh, And so like, I guess when you have a lot of plans for different paintings and you just do them, whether it's 12 paintings or 20 paintings and you just kind of go for it, then you can really be free and just like open up creatively. Yeah. Yeah. That's how my sketchbook is for me. Thank you for saying that. <laughs> do, do you have, because I, I find that, you know, there are certain rules and then there are certain gray areas and then there are just things that people break, kind of echoing mm-hmm. what I was touching on a moment ago. 
is is there a rule when it comes to like painting that you love to just like oh, i'm breaking this or a rule when it comes to interior <laughs> design that you're like I'm, I'm breaking this rule this is my rule now okay well in terms of painting because i'm usually oil painting uh typically you just keep oils with oils and you don't mix other mediums because like oil and water they don't go together really mm -hmm. but Lately, I've been adding acrylic on oil paintings, and so I'm really feeling it, and I feel like I'm just going to keep doing that. Several people are, like, screaming at this podcast in the future. Oil and acrylic, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, there are there are some artists, like, there, there are a good amount of artists, I'd say, who mix oil and acrylic. It's just that when you're uh, doing something that's like very representational mm -hmm. and you need to mix paints and mix skin tones and things like that uh having painting having paint and mediums that mix with each other well is sort of important but i've been sort of leaning a little bit more towards abstract art lately and i feel like i can just use whatever mediums i want for that right yeah Talk a little bit about layering and, and techniques that you apply with your work. I even see graphite, you know, <laughs> is, is another. So, so talk about that. Oh. A bit, right? you know. Yeah. Uh, well, I sketch out the portraits on the canvas prior to actually painting on them. So I will draw the person and just make sure that all the proportions of their face and the um, anatomy are correct. Uh, and then afterwards, I overlay an underpainting, let that dry, overlay more skin tones, more details, fabrics, uh, whatever else is in the scene. And then I've actually been using graphite to shade in combination with oil paint lately. So uh, that's sort of how I incorporate that is another medium into the piece. What what part of the anatomy? I want to go back to that. Mm -hmm. What part of the anatomy is most challenging for you? Who <laughs> has been in the past maybe the most challenging for you? Uh, let's see. I mean, hands are difficult. So I can have my hand up as I was saying it. Hands are difficult. I mean, I I love painting and drawing hands, and I do it a lot. Mm -hmm. Uh. And I feel like my hands look like hands in my paintings because most of my sketchbook is full of my hand. Um, and I'm used to doing that, honestly. <laughs> but um, I mean, getting the foreshortening and the perspective right mm -hmm. to make sure that someone looks proportionately accurate is also really challenging sometimes. Yeah, I, I've, um, mm -hmm. there was a, I had a guest that I had on and they came back and like, hey, I want to do a portrait review. And mm -hmm. I was like, oh, this is this is great. I want to be in the art. This is amazing. And like, usually people don't see me in person. Usually this is this capacity. And I told her, I was like, remember, I'm really tall. <laughs> you know, <laughs> just like these proportions could be really dicey. <laughs> it's important to make sure that like you're taking into consideration all of those details, even with uh, choosing the size of a canvas. Because if you're limiting yourself to a small canvas but you're painting a really tall guy mm -hmm. and you want to fit the whole like you want to fit 
them in there. You don't want to like shrink someone down. It just looks looks off. But yeah, it's hard. <laughs> you know, I, initially I was like, what size canvas are you going to use? You might be able to just fit my head on it. You know, it's exactly. Just, yeah, you need to have like. It makes me think like I would probably need to have like a seven foot high canvas and a ladder. <laughs> that's, that's legit. That's legit. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> or or uh, what I've been doing a little more recently is just combining canvases and doing like a triptych yeah. or um, like a diptych and having two canvases that are either side by side, part of the same painting. That's really cool. Yeah. So, Easier so, to transport. So tell me, tell me about and transporting is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Especially if you're shipping things, like it makes a difference. Um. Tell me, tell me about the um, how sort of your interior design background like serves your 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 your, your art and how mm -hmm. your art serves your interior design. Like, how do they kind of relate to each other and kind of serve each other? Yeah, absolutely. Well, so originally I went to art school for a little bit, and then I decided to uh, pursue interior design directly. I figured that if I was meant to make art, I would make art regardless of what I decided to go to college for. So uh, I just continued to draw the whole time when I was in design school. And that ended up working out really well because it allows me to draw perspectives for clients uh, in the interior design world and architecture as well. So if I have an idea, I can just sketch it from my head and convey the concept to someone faster than I would if I had to draw everything up in AutoCAD or SketchUp. Um, and then vice versa, uh, having a background in interior design helps me to plan out paintings and uh, be pretty like logistical, I'd say sometimes. Um, I actually did a mural at Rec Philly uh, in May, and prior to doing the mural, I created a whole mock-up of exactly what the wall would look like with the door and the window, and everything was to scale. So both both sides of my creative background really helped me out and help out each other. Great. It's great when that that sort of distinct or I, I usually say that strangeness, those things that make us unique kind of serve yeah. each other. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think having interior design and, and my knowledge from that area really helps me um, also to sort of take a break from painting sometimes. Mm -hmm. And if I'm not feeling like painting, I can do something interior design related. And then when I don't feel like doing interior design, I will paint and just refocus and then come back more refreshed and ready to go. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I've said it on here that I have the, you know, the data background or what have you. And I've been doing that as long as this mm -hmm. podcasting thing. So they've kind of run hand in hand. And only up until recently, like within the last two years or so, I realized that they operate uh, similarly in, 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 ter in, in terms of how I apply them. Like, 
I strategically go through, all right, I'm going to do these interviews in this way and have it down to a system. That's just yeah. great, like planning and building out like totally. a base. The process that you go through, uh, it, it's sort of just like you can manage everything you're doing creatively better because of everything else you've had experience with. Yeah. And then on the sort of like, uh, I guess, data side of it, it's interpreting the data and being able mm-hmm. to tell the story in a way that people will connect with it. And it's like, why does this matter? Well, this is why this matters. And having the data to reinforce the storytelling. Absolutely. So I got two two more real questions and then I have those rapid fire questions. <laughs> so, you know, we we met, you know, at, at Rec Philly and, we were, you know, you mentioned mentioned it a moment ago. So talk about what it what it feels like to to be in that be an artist in Philadelphia, like whether it's in the community, because I know some people will say, oh, I'm not part of the community, I'm not in the scene per se. And others are like, I'm an artist in this place. How how do you feel as an artist in Philadelphia? I honestly I love just going back to my studio <laughs> and painting. <laughs> Um, I, I wanted to be able to say like, yeah, I'm always going to all the things and doing all the stuff in the community, but honestly, I just paint and, uh, enjoy that. <laughs> but I also, um, I, I love what Rec Philly is doing and think it plays such an important role in the city, um, in terms of just having, uh, the accessibility of studio spaces for creatives in the city. So I love it in that sense. Um, and it's great to go there sometimes and just connect with other artists uh, and people who appreciate art, basically. I hear you. I hear you. Um, mm-hmm. When I go up there, I kind of have that vibe. I feel like I'm there to to do some work or what have you, or people mm-hmm. seem inclined to to want to connect and they see that you're doing something creative. They want to chat with you and, and sort of like, you know, Rec Philly is that sort of space for it. And going back to your your, your previous thing, I kind of feel the, the same way. Like I like to just come here, put on this microphone and headset and do my thing. And I think it speaks to sort of the larger thing. Like some folks just kind of their work or whatever and have sort of yeah, I have a day job, you know, and yeah. have like this, this other thing. And then like sort of the work starts to fall into the second spot. You know, their creative work falls into the second spot because mm-hmm. they're going to all of the things, every opening, every mm-hmm. event. And, you know, I'm interested in some of the stuff and sort of being around and adjacent or even in the scene here, I mm-hmm. guess, in Baltimore. It doesn't interest me in that way. It's like if, it, if a friend hits me up and say, hey, I have an opening, can you pull up? Sure. That's, you know, supporting the, the friends, but just being in everything all the time, too, you're too accessible, you're too connected. And then it's like, you realize, oh, I haven't recorded a podcast in a month, or I haven't worked on a painting. Right. I find that it can be a bit draining for me to constantly feel like I need to be socializing about my art. And like, for example, kind of on a larger scale, like, I used to live in New York briefly and everyone's like, if you're an artist, you need to be in New York or you need to be in LA. And I found that I was always going to museums and galleries and absorbing inspiration from other artists. 
which is so important. And I still love to do that. I still love to take a New York trip or like go to an art fair or something like that. But when I was in New York, I wasn't really able to spread out in a studio. And in Philly, I can totally do that and spread out, make larger pieces and really focus on creating rather than consuming content and art basically so i feel like being in philly is great for that reason it's so close to all those other cities too i I love that you said that you know the you know content creativity that sort of conversation um because in in doing this like i get to talk with talented people such as yourself that is a joy for me that's a lot of fun for me and you know when i'm kind of like trying to stretch it to that next thing it's doable here, but I think it takes a little legwork. And I think it's doable in Philly, which I think is in terms of maybe size, in terms of, you know, sort of, you know, uh, maybe being in that next stage as far as like how arts are treated and how opportunities are because it's mm-hmm. closer to New York and it has that sort of back and forth. Okay. You know, I, I think that people see something that's a little bit easier to get into it and there is a fair amount of funds and all of that, that different stuff there. Yeah. And, you know, I try not to get caught up, you know, when folks will say, oh, you should be doing this type of content or doing these sorts of interviews or talk to these people. It's mm-hmm. like, yeah, but, you know, do I find them interesting? <laughs> you know, totally. And I feel like if you need to be doing what interests you, because if you're not doing what interests you, you're not going to sound as passionate. And as long as you have, you know, the enthusiasm you can create that environment where it's really interesting to hear people's stories. Absolutely. You can hear the thing, honestly. Like I paint whatever I want and sometimes people ask me to paint their like pet and I'm just like don't talk to me. I'm never painting your golden retriever. But like I'll paint what I want. I need to be enthusiastic about it for it to look good. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you have these conversations with folks and they'll ask you if I'm I'm working with like in a client capacity, they'll ask me, do you love it? I was like, eh, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but when I, I guess, you know, when I, the things that I get excited about and I'm curious about, you know, I can't fake that to your to your point. You can't fake enthusiasm. Yeah. You can't fake curiosity. Um, you can, you know, have a fake conversation, but that's content. I'd rather do something right. that feels creative and you know, there's time. I don't want to waste your time. I don't want to waste my time. Of course. I think that sometimes like there, it's important to be able to pull it off mm-hmm. and uh, be passionate about things oh. or at least seem like it sometimes. But when you're genuine about it, it really shows. And that's invaluable. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I've been faking this whole conversation. Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> so I have, I have, I have one last real question for you. Um, yeah. And this, this is more of the sort of invitation part. What's next? Uh-huh. What's next for you on the What's journey? What do, you, what do you want to accomplish? What's next? Yeah, totally. So, uh, like I was saying earlier, I've been leaning more into abstract pieces as well. I actually painted over three paintings that were pretty representational. And um, the color, the color palette, it was like, it looked like real life. 
But then I covered it up in red paint, and then I covered up another one in white paint, and then I covered up another one in pink. So I'm going more abstract. Yeah. And so that's that's kind of the direction that I'm going in with some of my newer paintings. And then I also have a little show coming up. Um, yeah. <laughs> And we'll, we'll definitely have to tap back on to that in the sort yeah. of plugs portion. I, I do have a, a secondary question about that. Um, so what was, what was behind the, the decision to move towards abstract? And also, here's the, here's the other thing, too. Yeah. When you're painting over a painting, what how what's that decision like? Like, I don't like this anymore. <laughs> right. So because some of my paintings take a while to paint, mm -hmm. Sometimes I'll start something and then I'll come back to it and keep going. And then, like, I have a couple paintings that I did a while ago that just aren't resonating with me in the same way. And so much has changed in the past months or, like, a year or so that I decided to do something different with it that sort of expresses where I'm at um more uh and also i find that like i i know that i can paint another painting that will be representational so i'm not afraid to cover up something that took me a long time to do to do something better that i feel better about basically i like it i um I do that on occasion when doing these interviews and I try to be, I try to be, I'll put it on myself because I never want the guest to feel like, cause you know, you types are sensitive. I am as well, but you types are sensitive. Artists. Yes. Artists and, are uh, sensitive. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> and, you know, sometimes I'm like, all right, the, the interview's not hitting for whatever reason. Right. And I'll put it on me that I did something that was whack. And usually I never do anything that's really whack in, in terms of the recording process. Mm -hmm. But I don't want the guests to feel like, oh, I sucked in this. I try to, you know, give them space to save face. But mm -hmm. I don't listen to it. And I'm very critical, I think, as a lot of creatives, a lot of artists are, of their mm -hmm. own work. I'm like, ah, I don't know. I could have did better here. I could have did this better. And yeah. I'll just scrap it. I'm like, this, this second one may not be as good as the first one. But I'm going to scrap this interview and I, I don't even, you know, put it away in a side folder. I delete it. I get rid of it. It does not exist anymore. Get rid of the questions, everything. Yeah. It's like starting over. And sometimes you have to be. Able to have be to. Yeah. I feel like it's similar. Like, I think, um, yeah, like drawing with pencil or charcoal, you just sometimes need to erase things or like tear things up and trust that you have the experience doing the process and you're going to do something even better. When I was in design school, I was known for that in my class, like a week before the final, um, deleting files and yeah. starting from scratch. And I did it because I knew that I had everything in my head and I couldn't reproduce it. And it would, it was always way better than it was. Oh, yeah. If I hadn't done that, I, I think one of those moments that I got a piece of it from because I look for sort of these connections from like uncommon places. I have a buddy who's a chef uh, mm -hmm. named Chris Amendola, and he showed me how to make this 
stew. Actually, I cooked it with him. This stew yeah. is really, you know, it's like his best item, one of his best items on the menu. Mm-hmm. And it's like 26 or 28 ingredients. And he's wow. like, I have no problem with sharing this because no one's going to do it the same way that I did. <laughs> and then I was thinking, I was like, he might just scrap the whole thing and redo it because it's his ideas coming from his, you can't totally. think that, you can't replicate that. Yeah, the way he does it. Yeah. So I want to go into these rapid fire questions. I got uh-huh. four of them for you. They're all terrible. <laughs> 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 all right. So so don't overthink them. So, you know, you know how it goes. You, you listened to this podcast before. Um, what is your favorite, uh, what is your favorite color? I'm going to go with something simple. I knew, I knew this was going to come up. I heard another, another podcast and it's really hard to choose. Like you were saying, um, can I go with black? Yes. Because it's all colors. See, that's, that's a good answer. That's a good answer. Yeah, I appreciate that. Black, black is every color combined or the absence of color, depending on how you look at it. But in paint, it's all the colors. Is so this is the, this is the next one, and thank you for that because I've never I've never heard it that way. Um, is there a location in in Philadelphia that kind of gives you a lot, lot of creative like energy or what have you that you feel like refreshed when you go there? Maybe it's your studio, maybe it's some other space, but you know, for me, if I'm in an arts district, I'm able to kind of chop it up and be around like sort of my artsy and creative friends. I get like, and I'm not hanging out with. I'm like there for like thirty minutes. Hey man, hey man, hey man, and then back to what? Back to the studio. Yeah. Where do you get that creative energy from in Philly? My studio, probably. Yeah, like you said, studio. Uh, or if I want to relax and go somewhere that's sort of like really beautiful and serene, I really like the Rodin Museum in Philly on the Parkway. So anywhere over there, like I'll go for a run and go to the, like run to the art museum or Kelly drive and just like zone out. You gotta zone out sometimes. I like zoning out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You have to. Um, so I, this is a new question. I actually just put it in before you got on. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is the first thing you notice when you visit a new place? Hmm. Like if you're traveling, like some people are like, I, the first thing I'm noticing is the lack of coffee. <laughs> That's what I noticed. Like, where's the hell's the coffee? Oh, yeah. What was the first thing you're noticing? The buildings, mm-hmm. the architecture. <laughs> yeah, definitely the architecture. I really like, I, I notice that sometimes when I'm talking about a building, I'll talk about the windows first. Mm-hmm. Architecture, windows, natural light, lighting design. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that tracks. That tracks. Writing design really, you know, it creates the whole vibe. That, that tracks. That absolutely tracks. Um, this is the last one I got for you. You know, when when I would go up there to Philly, I haven't been up there in a little while, but when I would go up there, I am looking for certain items to consume. I have yes. favorites. What is your go-to snack, meal, something that you enjoy eating? What is something that, like... This is what I enjoy. I really like the Reading Terminal sometimes. Uh, I like going to Kamal's in the Reading Terminal. It's all Mediterranean. Really good. Yeah. You have a favorite item there? I'll usually get like, I mean, it just depends. Falafel. It's good. 
It's good. Now, yeah. now I'm going to have to try this. I'm going to say, you sent me there. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> I'm going to tell her you sent me there. Yeah. That's what was going to happen. Yeah, anywhere there. So that's pretty much it for my, my questions for uh, this lovely uh, afternoon, early evening. Wonderful. And uh, I want to thank you for coming on to the podcast. And um, and two, I want to invite and encourage you in these final moments to share anything that you have coming up. Um, social media, website, all of that good stuff. Details, details, details. The floor is yours. Yeah. Uh, well, my Instagram is my name, Agnes Gumier. And then my website is also agnesgumier.com. Yeah. That's, that's where to find me. Do you have a show? coming up i do it'll be at casa vida in old city cool uh you, you have a day for that i want to just uh in october so design week like early october yeah coming up that's that's gonna be great yeah i'm looking forward to it thank you Thank you so much. And there you have it, folks. I want to again thank Agnes Gumier for coming on to the podcast um, and sharing a bit of her journey. And I am Rob Lee saying that there's art, culture, and community in and around your neck of the woods. You've just got to look for it. Mm -hmm.